2: What's good everyone? I'm Brian Sampson, the site expert at Dairyland Express, and welcome to the first ever Dairyland Express podcast brought to you by FanCited. You can find Dairyland Express online at www.dairylandexpress.com. And on Twitter, at Dairyland Express. That's without the E, so Dairyland X-P-R-E-S-S. We are so proud to be doing this, and we have a nice lineup coming at you. So, I'll be here every Monday to talk about all Wisconsin sports in general, and I'll typically have a guest on with me. Then, on Tuesdays, TJ and Dylan are going to talk about the Bucks. On Wednesdays, Mike and Sam will talk about the Brewers, and since it's kind of the slow season, they might talk about other relevant Wisconsin sports as well. Then finally, to wrap up the week on Fridays, Adam, Gage, and Brandon will be bringing you all the latest Packers news and information and hot takes, so make sure to check us out. We'll be posting them online, and they'll be at your various locations where podcasts are available. So we have a really nice first episode for you today. Of course, I'm a little biased, but I feel safe in saying this. So in a little bit, I'm going to be playing my interview of Bart Winkler, who comes from 105.7 The Fan in Milwaukee on their sports talk radio. But before I get to that, um, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to start doing like a weekly power rankings of Wisconsin sports players. So players from the various teams, the Packers, the Brewers, the Bucks, Badgers football, uh, Wisconsin basketball who starts this week and so whoever plays that week I'm going to take their performances in mind and rank the top five performers so every Monday I'll be going through that with you guys here and then after I do that then we'll get to the interview with Bart and Bart and I talk about some really nice things so make sure to stick around for that. All right, so let's rank the top five Wisconsin sports performers from last week. This doesn't go from Monday, October 29th to Sunday, November, what is that, the 4th? So let's go ahead and dive right in. Number five is Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon had three games last week for the Bucs. The Bucs played the Toronto Raptors, they played the Boston Celtics, and they played the Sacramento Kings. Milwaukee came away with two victories out of those three games, with their only loss coming at Boston last Thursday. So, Brogdon was a nice, you know, secondary third scorer playmaker for the Bucks. He averaged 15.3 points, 5 rebounds, and 2.7 assists in those three games, and shot a pretty nice 44.4% from downtown and overall, Brogdon's been playing really well this season, which kind of fits in line with how all the other Bucks are doing, so he comes in at our number five spot on this initial power rankings of the top five Wisconsin sports performers. Number four is Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander was all over the field against the Rams last week, but that game doesn't come into play. Um, this week, it's against the New England Patriots. He wasn't He didn't have nearly that good of a game. He wasn't all over the field, batting down balls like he was against the Rams, but he was still all over Julian Edelman. And even though he didn't do anything spectacular, he's still a budding star. His arrow is pointed straight up, and I just love the way that he plays with the emotion, the tenacity. Like He's a little guy, but he gets in there, and he's not afraid to let you know that he'll hit you or whatever play that he made. He'll let you know about it. So Jair Alexander, despite great stats, he comes in at number four. At number three is another Packer player, and the last one on this list, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Scantling had a real nice game and went over 100 yards for the second time this season and his career since he's a rookie. He had three receptions for 101 yards, and he's quickly earning the trust of Aaron Rodgers, and he's really has replaced, I think, you know, that Randall Cobb and who Aaron Rodgers looks to, and so that's really nice to see. He has a great combination of size and speed, and he's showing off some pretty nice hands, and so I would say that Valdez-Scantling is only just beginning, and the Packers are going to need him if they want to come back from this deficit of their three, four, and one record. So the rookie, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he comes in at number three. Number two is Giannis Antetokounmpo. He only played in two of the three Bucks games. He missed uh, last Tuesday's game against the Toronto Raptors with a concussion, but in those two games against the Celtics and the Kings, he averaged 29.5 points, 13 rebounds, six and a half assists, and two steals. Giannis got a triple-double in basically three quarters against the Kings on Sunday, and it he's putting up these great numbers, but it doesn't even seem like he's hit a stride yet, which is just crazy. So Giannis, I'm sure there'll be lots of number one lots of first place finishes for him in the future, but he comes in at number two in this inaugural top five Wisconsin sports power rankings. And at number one, drum roll please, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor had 27 carries for 208 yards and three touchdowns on Saturdays. On Saturday. He was probably one of the only bright spots on the offense for the Wisconsin football team. And even though it came against Rutgers, that's what you expect against a team like that, so I'm not going to knock him for doing what he's supposed to be doing. So Jonathan Taylor just lit it up, and the Badgers are going to need more of that. They play Penn State at Penn State this Saturday, and so that's going to be a pretty tough game, and Jonathan Taylor is going to need to bring his A game once again. And for today, or this week, he finishes in at number one in the uh, Wisconsin Sports Power Rankings. All right, well now we are going to jump to the guest portion of our podcast, and I'm going to welcome our first ever super special guest, Bart Winkler. Bart is the host of the Chuck and Winkler Show in Milwaukee on 105.7 The Fan, which goes from 6 to 10 a.m. in the morning, and you can find him on Twitter at WinkThinks. So Bart, I want to start out with a pretty important question here. How how do you always find these pictures of yourself creeping in the background at these sporting events? I think your <laughs> Twitter profile picture is you behind Steve Kerr. How do you find that stuff?
3: I, I don't know. I, I don't know. My Twitter one is behind Steve Kerr. Someone saw me at the Bucks game where I was sitting for the media that night and they, you know, ESPN showed, I think it was an ESPN game, they showed Steve Kerr and then my stupid face is right behind him and then Uh, With this Brewers playoff run, I've been able to kind of be a fly on the wall. And so, you know, either a friend or somebody that listens will just send me a screenshot. And it's kind of become like I'm I'm a where's Waldo type thing. So (laughs) it's been fun. I like to highlight those just because of how ridiculous it is. But yeah, (laughs) those are pretty funny.
2: You got some pretty good timing there. And I see the one, your banner or whatever it is, you're on the phone there behind Christian Yelich as well um, when the Brewers are celebrating one of their many I don't know which celebration that one was, but that's a that pretty good St. one. That was St. Louis. Okay.
3: Now, there's like, I knew that when that kind of stuff happened, I knew that I might be on TV because there's cameras everywhere and it's a very intimate setting. Uh-huh. But its I didn't. I also didn't like think all right I gotta be by the camera at all times but if you look at some of these pictures it's like okay Bart's is trying to get on TV but I swear uh, it was an accident
2: yeah no, I mean I I'm not even accusing you of that but here you are you're pretty defensive so I don't know
3: <laughs> well I have taken a lot of beatings for what I'm doing but I'm on the phone I'm on the phone in that picture because when I was in the clubhouse what I would do is I called in to our station on the post-game show that we do, and I would interview guys um, just live via my phone. And if you are listening to the radio, you, it's captivating, it's cool, but if you actually see the process, it looks like I'm just some guy that got lost on his phone, calling all his friends to say, hey, look for me on TV. <laughs> so, that you know, that's kind of a whole thing with radio. You can It's theater of the mind, but if you actually see what I'm doing, uh, it does look like I'm whoring myself out for attention, yes.
2: <laughs> well, it can be a little of both, right?
3: I mean, attention in this job is not a bad thing.
2: That's for sure. Uh,
3: so so you're right. Yeah, it could be a little bit of both.
2: All right, so I want to talk about the Packers, the Bucks, Badgers football, and Badgers basketball. So Let's start with the Green Bay game last night. They almost had the New England Patriots, and for a second week in a row they almost had a powerhouse in the NFL. They had them on the ropes Is um, a tough loss. Eventually, New England scored two quick touchdowns in the fourth quarter to pull away 31-17. But before we jump into the negatives, let's try to get some positive light on this. Can you name at least one positive that you saw from the game last night?
3: Uh, Antonio Morrison led the team in tackles. Okay. I don't know. There's there's times this season where they look like they look like they could do it, and when it was seventeen seventeen right before Jones fumbled, uh, I, I and I think I tweeted this out. I started to think that was really the first time during the game that I thought, "Oh wow, they're going to do this. They're actually going to win this game." And then right away he fumbles. Aaron Jones was really good. Valdez Scantling was really good. Yeah. Um, the cornerbacks have been very good, Alexander and Jackson. And we're talking about all these guys that when you look for positives, the guys that really are being mentioned are the really young dudes, the first, second, third year guys. And you're not mentioning Nick Perry or Clay Matthews or did they even play last night? Much. Uh, surprisingly, they did. Huh. You know, it's, it's, it's a problem that this team is having where they're trying to not really rebuild. I mean, it's it's to an extent the rebuild, but it's it's like they haven't acquired any new, real good talent in 2015, 2016. We know that some of these drafts have been bad, so they're trying to put together this team of veterans that they paid pretty good contracts to and guys that are going to be future stars, and there's none of those, like, third, fourth, fifth-year guys. Ty Montgomery was one. He got traded. Ha-Ha was one. You know, he got traded, so... It's they're trying to piece a lot of things together right now, offense and defense, uh, civilly, And that's why, that's why I think disjointed is the word that I've been using a lot. Because and to answer your question, no, I go right to the negatives. I mean, they're three, four, and one. You know, this is a team that there are bright spots, sure, but you can find bright spots on any team. This team is underperforming right now. And uh, with Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how much time you're afforded to be able to continue to do that.
2: Yeah, and at three, four, and one, you know, it's they got a really tough spot here coming up. So, over under, do you think they'll be over or under eight and a half wins at the end of the season?
3: Um. All right. So Miami, let's give them Miami just because I think everyone's going to do that. Seattle and Minnesota, eight and a half. Uh so they'd finish. You know what? I might take the under. Mm-hmm. I might take the under at eight, 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 seven and one. I think. And that- I mean, if they go nine six and one, that tie, man. Uh, they're not going to get up to ten. That's too high. I would, if I bet on it, I guess I would take the under.
2: That's what I was thinking too, and that's just a tough number. I mean, Rodgers—he doesn't look himself. He gets caught from behind, scrambling out of the pockets more time out of the pocket more times than I've ever seen in his whole career. So I, I don't think he's fully healthy. But yeah, like you're saying, they're not. You don't rebuild when you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, but they just don't have that talent around him. So well, they
3: like they have to but they have Rogers so where a normal team might say, all right, we're gonna trade Clay Matthews here. we'll trade Randall Cobb uh, you know' we'll, yeah they're're tr- they're, like trying to do both like they, the, the concept mm-hmm. of a rebuild is there. Gutikins is stacking up a bunch of picks next year, but you have Rogers so you also have to put together a team to compete around him because you don't get gifted a guy like this. Right. You know, in the league so often. We've seen some of these other teams that haven't had... We, we could play about two Super Bowls in 25 years. There's there's teams that haven't really had a good quarterback in that entire time frame. But when you do have a guy like that, you do have to make the most of it because you know you can just as easily be one of those other teams. And they just have not been doing it. Uh, they got to the Super Bowl in 2010. There's been some close calls since. And the, the closer we get to the end of Rodgers' career, the more I think the pressure comes on. I think a lot of people call Packers fans entitled. I don't I, I, Maybe, but I think what when we're freaking out like today and saying McCarthy should be fired and all this stuff, that's not us being entitled. I think that's us being afraid of what's going to happen when our favorite team loses the ability to have an all-pro quarterback, something that hasn't happened since 1991.
2: Mm-hmm. So talking about Mike McCarthy – in one word, can you just one word because I know everyone is kind of on the same page you're fed up with him, but just one word, can you describe McCarthy in one word right now, His coaching ability?
3: Well, first, I would describe whatever his face is. I mean that, that look of confusion. One word to describe McCarthy right now, I think would be, I think he's drowning. I think he's drowning in his own success. I think he's drowning in the team that's built around him. I do think he is a good coach. But I don't think that it's working anymore in Green Bay. I think he goes to another team, and he can make that team a winner. I think he can go make the Browns a winner, and he could win a Super Bowl again. I mean, if I if you were to ask me to put money at, will Mike McCarthy win a Super Bowl again someday? I might, I might throw some money on. Yeah, I'll throw a hundred on. Yeah, you know, even odds. I'll throw hundred on. Yeah. I just I don't think it's going to be with Green Bay. I I think that he needs the change as much as the Packers need the change. And it's again it's tricky because you've got Aaron Rodgers, you know, can you bring in a new coach at the end of his career? Uh will he listen to a guy? I mean, I don't know. It just seems like if if they don't do something and they've done everything else, if they don't do something, it's going to be the same thing over and over, which best case scenario is a, it's a close loss in the divisional round. And if this team is truly going to win another Super Bowl with Rodgers, you've changed everything else, so then maybe it's time to make a change at coach.
2: And you mentioned his face, too, and so my mom told me when I was growing up that if I make this face long enough, that it's just going to be permanently stuck like that. And so I think we're getting close to that <laughs> point with McCarthy.
3: He's always like, what's going on? Where am I? Am I really – I can't believe that a call went against me, uh-huh. even though uh, it's the first play of the game and we're offside on a kickoff. We're yeah, he that, that, if I – if I say to you, the McCarthy face, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and so does everybody listening.
2: That's for sure. So we want to touch on some of these other teams. I know we could spend all day on the Packers, but let's transition to the Bucs because the Bucks are looking good. They're 8-1. and one. They just blew out the Sacramento Kings, set a franchise record in three-point makes, and that kind of seems like it's going to be the first of many franchise records for them this season. Um, they're about to hit head out west for a four-game um, road trip beginning with the Trailblazers on Tuesdays. So, between the Packers, the Brewers, the Bucks, Badgers basketball, and Badgers football, which of those Wisconsin teams do you think is most likely to appear in a championship game the next, next, the soonest?
3: Well, I think you can throw the Bucks in there. I mean, the Bucks. You know, this eight and one start. I think that there's going to be just because of their history uh, a hesitation to really buy into this team but if you look at this team if you look at the conference the really the only thing holding the bucks back is their own cursed history i mean if, if you're a fan and you w- you watch these nine games uh where the one game they did lose was a hard-fought affair against boston a really good team you've got to feel pretty good about where they're at they're they're playing well it seems like they're playing up to the best of their abilities although Giannis. While he had a great game on Sunday, I mean, he'll tell you he's still learning the system, and he hasn't played his best ball, even though he's putting up monster numbers. So I, I just, yep. I think that where they are at right now, if you're a Bucks fan and you're hesitant to, uh, uh, to buy in, I would absolutely let myself go there, man. I, I think that they are, they're putting together what could be the start of, of something really special. So I, I mean, I might say them. I, I think that the, the Raptors are going to be really tough. In the East. And then Boston, of course, is going to be tough too. But if you look at how the leagues are constructed and the different conferences, you know, the Brewers, they're going to have the Cubs right back at it. The Cardinals are going to make some moves. The Dodgers, um, to get to the World Series, we saw how tough that is as the Brewers come up one game short. Mm-hmm. Packers seem like they're broken right now. Badger football, uh, even more damage. And then Badger basketball, not expected to be uh, so great. So I would, uh, right now, I'd say the Bucks.
2: Yeah, and I think that this four-game trip is going to be, give us even more of a inclination of how good they're going to be this season because they play four pretty good teams. I mean, you can kind of add the Clippers in there. So they play the Trailblazers on Tuesday, then they play at the Golden State Warriors on Thursday, then they play at the Clippers on Saturday, and then next week they play at the Nuggets. So the Nuggets and the Warriors are two of the top teams right now in the West, and the Trailblazers, their team that's kind of built to take advantage of this Bucks defense, you know, with the drop coverage and they got CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard that can come off the ball screens and pull up for three. So we'll see how Milwaukee does there. I think it's will be a good, you know, test for the Bucks, but also kind of the Bucks, the best team in the East versus a couple of the best teams in the West, so we'll see how large that gap is there between talents in the two conferences.
3: Well, that's why I was so excited for the game against Boston because I wanted to see the Bucks get tested. I mean, the Kings they were winning some games, but the Bucs manhandled them on mm-hmm. Sunday, dunking all over them. And I'm excited to see them against Golden State. Um, it's going to be a true test. Uh, the last few Bucks golden State games, outside the one they won when they made them 24-1, is the Bucs in the fourth quarter, late third. They have a 10-point lead, and then Golden State puts up 15 points in a minute and a half. And then Golden State wins by like 8 or 9. Is generally how those games go. But we'll see. I remember one time uh, there was a it was the 2 years ago Draymond Green was here and the Warriors and Jason Kidd was the coach and there was a key inbound play and the Warriors stole the possession and Draymond Green was asked, "How did you know it was coming?" and he said, "Come on, Bucks run two inbound plays." <laughs> They, they see each other twice a year, but he knew, and the Warriors knew. I mean, they're just a class ahead of everybody uh, right now. So I am really, really pumped to see on Thursday how the Bucks match up against Golden State. I wouldn't predict them to win, but, I, I mean, if they, if they did, I think that would even the level of where our excitement is right now would just be raised even further. So that, that you know, don't overlook Portland Tuesday, but really cannot wait until Thursday.
2: So you're a betting man over under two and a half wins on this road trip for the Bucks. They play the Clippers, the Warriors, the Trailblazers, and the Nuggets over under two and a half wins.
3: Look, give me the over, man. <laughs> give me the over. we the Kool-Aid. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I know West Coast trips usually are like the worst thing that can ever happen for the Bucks or Brewers, but right now I'm feeling good. So give me the over.
2: And we talked a little bit about McCarthy getting fired or kind of switching it up there for the Packers. I think this is a great example of something good that can come out of switching coaches. You know, Mike Budenholzer has come in with basically the same roster. I mean, I know they added Brook Lopez and Ersan Eliasova, but he's really taken them to new heights. The Bucks might have struggled or barely beat this Kings team on Sunday if it was a year ago, but they just blew them out and game wasn't even close. I mean, Bucks flirted with a 30-point lead throughout most of the game from the second mid, midway through the second quarter on. So, I think this is maybe where Wisconsin fans are coming from, too, and calling for McCarthy to be fired is now we've seen what it can do for the Bucks and just all this new life and energy that they have.
3: Well, and with these changes, you know, when the Bucks make a change, too, you can say, well, they did add Robin Lopez, and they added Ersan, and you know they drafted DiVincenzo. But what they also did was they acquired pieces to fit the coach's yeah, strategy. Yeah. So, yes, you can credit some of those guys, but they're succeeding because of the coach. And the Bucs' situation might be different because Giannis, you know, Giannis is pretty adaptable, and even though he seemed like he was very tight with Jason Kidd, it seems like he's going to be tight with everybody. Where the Packers' situation might be different is you might have a guy that could come in here and just start implementing new schemes, and you know, if Sean McVay's coaching the Packers, they're going to look a lot different than if Mike McCarthy is. But the the problem you run into there is what kind of uh, response will he get out of Aaron Rodgers? So it is a little different. But yeah, somebody asked me on Twitter last night, "When has a head coach ever changed the complete direction of a team?" We're watching it right now mm-hmm. with the Milwaukee Bucks. I think you credit a lot of this to Budenholzer. There's no way the Bucks are eight and one with Jason Kidd or Joe Prunty, and there's certainly no way they're running teams out of the gym like they are, up beating teams by 30, 40 points where games are decided already through midway of the third quarter. So, yeah, a new coaching change, man. If it's the right coach, the right team, we're seeing it right now with the Bucks, and, and maybe that's something that the Packers need to investigate.
2: For sure. So let's transition here to the Badgers football team. They just barely beat Rutgers on Saturday, and this season, just even after the victory, is looking more and more bleak. Um, who is a more infuriating quarterback, Joel Stave or Alex Hornibrook?
3: Um, I don't know. It feels like it feels like Hornibrook is reaching Stave levels, and I think the thing with Hornibrook is, if you look at that Miami game in the Orange Bowl, he was so good, and then you watch him lately, and and it's it's been a struggle. I think what's a problem is the Badgers outside of Russell Wilson. I mean, they put together these great teams, and then what's around them? It, it's it, not for a quarterback, not much. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't know when they're ever going to recruit a guy. I know this, this guy coming in, is it Mertz? Yep. You know, there's, there's high hope. Oh, sorry about that. There's high hope on him. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think I would say I feel like my memories tell me Stave, but Hornibrook's definitely getting there.
2: Yeah, just some of the throws that he's made making. I mean, he started 34 games, so it's not like he's a freshman or a sophomore that's, Just has very little playing time. Like he's seen all these, he should have seen all these defensive looks before, and he just continues to make the same mistakes over and over. And he doesn't bring really anything else. And the infuriating part for Hornybrook is he does have those games against Miami. So all offseason, as Badger fans, we got to sit there. And that was our lasting memory of Hornybrook is how he lit up Miami and thinking that he could apply that to a whole season or at least more consistently this year. And that was why the Badgers were ranked so highly in the preseason. But they just. I mean, they have Penn State this week, and I don't really see. I mean, Hornibrook's going to be out likely for that game with Jack Hone as starter now. But So did we just overestimate the Badgers, or what went wrong this season where they've they fallen so far so quickly?
3: Well, I think we're looking at them as a team that was getting better each and every year, uh, especially under Paul Crist, and they're getting so close. They got so close to getting into the college football playoff last year. That we thought, all right, the natural thing is to take the next step, but they did lose some guys on D. Uh, the team is, you know, worse. Some cornerbacks left, and then the problems with the wide receivers. You know, the off-the-field stuff. They're just, yeah, they're it's 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 insane to think that they were a top-four team when the season started. Yeah, that that is that is where, and it was deserved. I mean, we we thought they would be.
2: They had You their know, weapons. and there'll be
3: a few people. Yeah, there'll be a few people that say, Al. Yeah, I knew it the whole time, and maybe you did, but I certainly thought that they would still be, if not undefeated, one loss maybe to Michigan by now. I mean, the BYU thing, I think, was a big-time eye-opener. Yeah.
2: Yeah, just nothing has panned out. And obviously, it started off with the BYU thing before that, Quintez Cephas, and so it just got off on the wrong foot altogether. All right. So lastly, let's touch on Badgers basketball. They opened their season versus Coppin State on Tuesday. And I mean, last year they missed the playoff or they missed the NCAA tournament for the first time in what, like twenty years? And I don't really know how to feel about them this year. I think they have maybe some potential to sneak in. I'm not sure. What's the best and worst case scenarios for this Badgers men's basketball team this year?
3: I don't know. Maybe a top four in the Big Ten at the very, 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 very best. I think middle of the pack is probably likely. You know, this is a—I have a dream job, man. I, I talk sports twenty hours a week on the air, and you know, sports is my job. I watch sports, and my wife can be like, "Oh, you got to watch the Bucks tonight," and I'd be like, "Yes, I do. I am working right now, and this is my job." <laughs> But I'll tell you, man, watching Badger basketball—even though I've always been a Badger fan—it's the one time I feel like, oh, this is work. And I, you know, I don't care if they run a, you know, people would be mad about Bo's offense, and they'd score fifty points a game. I, I don't care if they score fifty or if they score ninety. I just don't feel the connection to Badgers basketball as I do to all the other teams. And I'm not a Marquette guy. But over the last few years, I kind of have gotten into them, maybe just living in Milwaukee. But I'm excited for that team. I mean, that team should be pretty good. Uh, but, man, the Badgers, for whatever reason, I don't know. I just cannot. If the Badgers play at 6 o'clock and I'm waiting all day for – like if the Brewers play at 6, I'm waiting all day for 6 or the Bucks. But if the Badgers – I'll say, all right, Badgers at 6. Got to make sure to watch that one. It'll be 6.20 – and I'll be sitting there and thinking, what was I going to do tonight? <laughs> oh, yeah, the Badgers are on. And then I'll, you know, run to the TV. I, my expectations for them are not high. You know, if they make the NCAA tournament, that would be, that'd be fun. But I don't, I don't even know what to expect uh, with them. I just hope they aren't as bad as they were last year.
2: Yeah, they were fifteen and eighteen last year. They almost stole a game or two against Michigan State, both at the end of the regular season and in the Big Ten tournament. But ultimately, they missed out on everything, and Badger fans just weren't used to seeing that a lot. First time in a long, long time.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, again, I it it kills me that I even mentioned Marquette as someone I'm excited for because I I used to despise Marquette. The thing I hate about Marquette is how. Uh, Marquette fans will trash the Badgers football program. I don't get that connection. Like, I get there's a rivalry between the two, and there should be in basketball. There absolutely should be. Yeah, and Marquette's yeah. got the upper hand right. But when the Badger football team loses and I see all these Marquette fans online laughing, I, I, I don't know. I don't like that. So that that's where I always, like, get hesitant with Marquette. But... I'm more excited to watch them than I am the than I am the Badgers right now, and that that hurts me to say.
2: Yeah, I think Marquette sneaked into the the very bottom of the polls, like 24 or something like that when they were released. And Wisconsin, it'll probably be a long time this year before they sniff that. Even if they get off to a hot start, Wisconsin has some tough games at the beginning of the season. They play Xavier in the second game, and they got Stanford and they have a tournament that they could end up playing another good team. And I forget which one that is, but so they have a tough road here to start the season and, and it will be really up and down. It'll probably be another long season for Badger basketball fans.
3: Yeah. Uh, I can't wait.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it. Well, I just want to give you a big thanks and big shout out to our first ever super special guest, Bart Winkler. You can find him on Twitter at wink. Thanks. Bart, any infamous last words?
3: No, man, just uh, thanks for you know reaching out, and uh, best of luck to you guys and whatever you need, uh, let me know. It's always fun to, again, talk sports for a living, uh, except obviously the Badger basketball team frustrates <laughs> me. I will. When they play, though, when it's Badgers Marquette, I will hate Marquette that day. I hate him so much that day. Fair enough. But then I'll, then I'll go back to respecting them the next day.
2: Sounds good. Sounds like a deal. Well yeah, big shout out and thanks for thanks for joining us in our first ever episode here. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, that'll do it for the show for today. Thank you to everyone for tuning into this first-ever episode of the Dairyland Express podcast. Huge shout-out to you guys. We really love this. We want to do more of this. We want to hear from you guys, so please add us at Twitter at Dairyland Express. Remember, without the E, it's Dairyland, X-P-R-E-S-S. Slide into our DMs, hit us up in mentions. If you have questions, we want to answer them on here. We want to hear from you. Really, we want to make this your guys' podcast. You can also find us online at www.dairylandexpress.com. And make sure to check out TJ and Dylan. They'll be coming up on Tuesday to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and how they're doing Milwaukee heads out west for a four-game trip. So TJ and Dylan will be touching in on that. See you guys next time.